Welcome everybody to the first episode of the Film Ironic Podcast. I'm here with my partner TJ. TJ, tell the world hello. Hello everybody. That was it. That I. That's uh, it. That's I, I'm very that. literal. You'll 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 find I'm very literal. You tell me to say hello. I said hello. <laughs> my piece Fair is enough. done. <laughs> and uh, my name is Awesome. We're back together again uh, to talk to the world about all things pop culture. That's right. Uh, today, um, in honor of the month, it's Halloween. It's my favorite time of the year. Yes, um, it's Halloween month. It's, yes, it's Halloween month. Let's I'm, get that. Let's I'm get that big right. into Halloween. Um, I don't. I don't even want Halloween to end. Like in November, like my decorations are staying up. Yeah. Uh, there's a zombie that's like hanging from a tree, like noose around its neck. It's staying there. Yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna put like a pilgrim hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. Just transition the decorations to. Thanksgiving, and then you know if you, you, you know he could be a he could be a Santa, and you could just kind of remove the noose, and, and well, like he's just a, so a zombie you, Santa. So you joke, but we have in my home, we have legitimately talked about this year doing like uh, my bloody Christmas, mm, uh, okay, as our Halloween decoration. So when like the Halloween stores, like going to the spirit store. Yep. Like the day after Halloween, just buying all the stuff that we can that's yep. like 60, 70% off. Yeah. And then just buying a bunch of Santa hats and have like z- zombie elves coming up out of the ground. Yep. We're going to get a rocking chair, put like a big fat, like, or put like a desiccated like body, but put a Santa suit on it. Yep. There um, you go. I like, Done. my guess is that my neighbors are not going to like it. No. I, uh, I don't think that's. I mean, as long as it's not as realistic as the one... Did you see the one in, like, Texas where they had the cops called on them multiple (laughs) times because people were worried about their Halloween decorations? (laughs) They were like, these these are a little real. These are a little realistic here. Uh, So as long as you're not getting into that, that's probably okay. But, yeah, I can't imagine... But, but, I mean, you just got to think about it. Families are going to be driving around. They want to look at Christmas decorations, and then they're going to come on... My house with like a bloody decapitated elf in the lap of a Santa. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably not what they they really want. I gotta tell you, that sounds awesome to me. Though. It sounds great, but I, I could see I could see families maybe not appreciate. Let's just how about this? Anybody who's listening, if you think this is a good idea for me to do like a bloody Christmas theme, just leave it in the comments. There you go. Say awesome, yes, do this. Awesome, Definitely no, do don't it. do this. Yeah. Uh, I think a more realistic thing is do like Nightmare Before Christmas, like Jack yeah. Skellington. That would still be really it's a little cool. more family friendly. It's not gonna get, but it's not gonna fill that horror void that is in my soul. Right after Halloween ends, right. after October ends, because people t- tend to think that horror is only this thing that could be appreciated in October. Right. Yes. There's definitely a sense that we kind of, as a culture binge on horror for one month and we just kind of get it out of our system. It's like yeah. the purge. We <laughs> purge our horror content for the year yeah. in one month and then that's all we, that's, and that's then we're done. You get it. You get it. Yeah. Uh, the purge. So you know what? I've, we've talked about the purge before. You know my problem. Do you, do you, you know my yes. problem with the purge? Yes. My problem with the, the purge is, is crap. That's not how the purge would work. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if we're I we know the society that we live in. Okay? Yes. If we're actually, if the purge is a thing that exists in the world, uh, there's going to be a lot more theft and a lot yes. more rape. 
Yes. Then there's going to be murder. Yeah. In these Purge movies, they try to make it seem like everyone is this fucking murder fiend. Oh, I said right. the F word. We're, this is a family-friendly show. That's, okay. PG-13's getting PG one F-bomb. Right. So that was our F-bomb. One hard F per episode. No, so I, I wasted it now. Wow. Well, I, I have kind of a salty mess. I'm going to try to be right. careful. No F-bombs, though. Uh, but they try to make it think that everyone is like this murder fiend. Right. It's just like the only thing that's keeping us from murdering our neighbor uh, for is that like, it's illegal. Not for <laughs> like there's this one little stretch of lawn that they think is ours that we don't so no yes. one's mowing it. Right. Uh, so the only thing that's keeping me from murdering the neighbor over that stretch of overgrown grass is this tenuous like grasp on right and wrong right. that can just be thrown out the door. The minute uh, the purge happens, and I'm yeah. just going to go murder crazy on him because he didn't mow this chunk of lawn that he should have. Right, we'd be, we'd all be murdering everybody all the time if it weren't illegal, and yeah. then now it's not illegal anymore, and we all just kill each other. No, that's not the way that's going to work. Everyone is going to try to rob everyone. Yeah, and there's going to be financial crimes everywhere, and the like, people who aren't trying thing. to rob are definitely trying to rape. Mm. And that's yeah. that's a tough one. That's, that's a tough pill to swallow. That is, I think that's one of the ways that those films <laughs> they they get around the thornier issues by just being like, yeah, but what if everybody just wanted to kill each other? No, that's every, a that's an acceptable thing to no, put on the screen. No, that's not what they want to do though. That's, that's, that's an okay not what thing they to do, though. to have on our television. Do you think there was just, a person in the writers' room of the, like the Purge movies who was like? Listen, guys. I don't think like no one's gonna do the murders. Right. They're they're gonna do they're gonna do a rape. It's gonna be a really boring movie because it's gonna be everybody committing tax fraud. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's just gonna wait. Is this wait? Hold on. Did they file their taxes on Purge Day? Because if they didn't, we got them. We're gonna arrest them. But. They filed their taxes on Purge Day, oh, so uh, they could do whatever they want and not pay any taxes. Oh. So, to segue this into where we're going, yeah. we are going to rank the top three horror franchises whilst watching the, the, new, the newest horror thing that exists in the world, Squid Game, The Squid Game. Yes. Which is it? I don't even know. The, the My nine-year-old wants to watch it. How he was even told about it, I don't know. And he came home telling me, it's okay, I think it's okay. It's, I'm pretty sure it's not okay. It's probably Judging not. by this guy just getting just the snot kicked out of him in a bathroom. Yeah. Like, there's like a dish and his nose. I don't even know what's happening. There, yeah. Oh, God. There's, the, the tweezers are in his nose. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. You can go watch it yourself. Watch right. along with us. But we're watching the Squid Games. Because it's apparently the most terrifying thing that's come along in quite some time. Yes. But it's in honor, very popular. Yeah, in honor of this movie, in honor of the time of the year, we're going to try to, between the two of us now, yes. rank what the best, the top three yes. horror franchises are. Right. So what are we're gonna have we're gonna have four specific criteria that we're gonna look at. Okay. Okay. Um, we're gonna look at scariness. Yes. Okay. Clearly. Uh, obviously, like we're going to look at gore. Okay. Now mm -hmm. that's that's going to be a contested one, right? Right. Because gore is an essential piece of horror filmmaking, is it not? Yeah. I, I mean, there's definitely there's definitely an element of it in basically any horror movie, 
even if even the ones that aren't real like splattery, yeah. you know, gory. But, and, but, and there's there's different kinds of fans though, right? Because right. I personally don't want gore, and I don't think like those gore heavy movies don't really serve much of a purpose right. to me. So I don't, I don't really see it. Yeah, I don't I don't tend to really go too much into the gore. Like, but I, it's, I it's there. We have to account for it, right? Because we're is, trying to be objective here. It's part of the formula, but it's not to say that the best franchise is the goriest. Yes, like that's it's it's one of a few factors that we need to consider. So we're gonna do story. Okay, so the overall story. Yep. So. At the end of the day, these are films. They still need to be successful films. They still need to follow general movie logic and be successful. Right. And we're going to talk about longevity. Right. Like cultural impact, basically. Yeah, cultural impact, longevity. um, And so, if we have those, like, one-off, like, horror films. Right. Like, The Fog... Probably not making the list, right? right? Yeah. Uh, hopefully not that 2005 remake with like the Superman. Uh, what, oh, Tom, what's his name? Small bit. Tom Welling. Yes, that mm-hmm. movie was so mm-hmm. bad. To yeah. this day, I think that might be the top. To the, Tom Welling, I love Smallville. Like that's great, but you made a really bad choice to have that be your leap into feature yeah. filmmaking. Not the and it's best. probably why you don't make a lot of movies now because that was so yeah. Bad. It's true. It's it's always hard to go from TV to film, but yes, especially when your first outing is not great. Uh, there, you know, filmmakers aren't exactly going to be beating a path to your door to give you more film roles. So, so okay. So so now we've set the bar. Yes. Right. So we have scariness. Yeah. We have gore. Yep. Uh, we have. What was the third one? I already forgot. <laughs> we're we're flying by the seat of our pants here, barely holding this together. Um, story, story, yeah. So story and longevity, cultural impact, right? Yeah. Like so we're gonna important. we're gonna gauge those. So TJ, let me ask you when you when you are thinking of just horror, in your opinion, what is the most uh, iconic? If you're, if you're thinking, iconic horror franchise, yes. for you, what is the most iconic horror The franchise? one that, that immediately comes to mind, for me, this was probably the first horror franchise that I ever got into, the first horror movie that I ever saw, probably too young, probably younger than I should have been, uh, Friday the 13th. Okay. So, why, why Friday the 13th? I mean, Freddy Krueger is just, like, he's, he, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Friday the 13th, the Nightmare on Elm Street is, is Freddy Krueger. Uh, Friday the 13th, to me, um, you, you've got, Talking like, about Jason, right? Yeah, you got Jason, like, the iconic, like, when I think of a horror movie villain, that hockey mask, and, like... Like, there's just so many possibilities. He's like the that. silent killer, right? Yeah. He's, like, he's, he's that menacing, uh, otherworldly force that you know is there, that you right. are, like, you cannot stop it, right? It's, it's right. that, it's that, I think it's that feeling that you are powerless against this, this foe. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, uh, it's like he's a, 
a natural disaster. Like you can't do anything against a tornado. If a tornado's right. coming, you're just you're screwed. Yeah, you're out of luck. Right. But if and Jason like, is right in that same kind of vein, like yeah. he's just this force of nature, right? Yeah, and like I, I think the 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 first and that you're right, the hockey mask is very yeah. I think the first Friday the 13th really, like, established that mystery of, like, who is Jason? Like, you know, kind of where does, do his powers come from? Why is he this unstoppable force of nature? You know, and then the, each subsequent film kind of added to that a little bit. Okay. Maybe to a point where it got ridiculous at a certain point. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, but... I mean, who doesn't love Jason in space? Right? right. Come on. Yeah. Jason in space... So I love like I, I I'll be honest. I've never what is it ten? I was like Jason ten or Friday yeah. Thirteenth ten, whatever they call. It. I think it was it's, X. it's Jason literally X. just yeah. It's literally just Jason X. Yeah, and and, and it wasn't like the conceit of the movie. Like they for some reason they had frozen him. Yes, and they put him on a like, spacecraft. A space yes. station was yeah. It? Like they took him up to this like space station, this like research station, and I don't even know what they were doing. Whether they were working on something like fear-related or cryogenics or what the heck they were doing. All I know is real early in that movie, Jason wakes up, takes the, like, scientist lady, pushes her head into a vat of, like, oh, uh, what? liquid nitrogen or something, <laughs> like, flash freezes her... Up? So, I guess the idea is, like, they had him cryogenically frozen, and then, something like... Something malfunctioned? Something happened, and he started to defrost, and, Maybe like, Maybe it's like a prequel to that Passengers movie, where Chris Pratt was really creepy and, and woke up Katniss Everdeen? Maybe. That, I... Whose name, I, like, I know, who, I know that's not her name, but she right. was Katniss... What's, what's her name? Jennifer Lawrence. Yes, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. That movie was, like, I think... I think you could argue that Passengers is a horror movie. That's the... Like, True. it was awful to her. Yes. That's a good movie. I do really like that movie, it's, but it's, it's, it's... a... It's a psychological <laughs> horror movie. And then yeah. I remember watching that movie that he got mad that she... Get, like, why are you mad at me? I just didn't want to be alone. Yeah. Like, you ruined... You're selfish. Yes. yes. How do you know? But that's, right. that's a whole different topic. Yeah. Back to Jace. Yes. Jason in space. So, yes. It does Not get... Sport. It does get ridiculous, for sure. And any long-running horror... Like... Any of the the big horror franchises, Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, has Hellraiser gone to space yet? Uh, like Hellraiser invades Mars. Hellraiser <laughs> versus Mars. Like Pinhead is going in there fighting with the they, little green aliens from like Mars Attacks. I'd if they that. haven't done that, they should. That's definitely a thing. That I don't know who happen. the producers of those are, but if we can get Mars Attacks and like Pinhead yes. fighting it, I'm down. I'm yes. in the theaters tomorrow. So, but any long-running franchise is going to get ridiculous over time. Yeah. Like, they're, they're going to continue to just kind of reach for, well, okay, have we done this yet? Have we tried this yet? And in a lot of cases, because they're looking for something new, they're not necessarily thinking, is this going to be really good? Is this going to hold up to the originals? But I, I do think Friday the 13th, um, for... For just kind of the, a lot of the tropes, you know, we talk about, like, significance, right? It's significant in that, that sort of slasher movie, okay. horny teenagers in the yeah. woods, you know. It, yeah, I think you can say, 
It might not have. I think it, it, it's a good thing to point out that it might not have like originated these a lot of a lot of these ideas. Right. But it definitely kind of like perfected them in this very like crystalline state. See what I did there? Yes. Yeah. I got to point. Like if I don't point out my own points, I know, right? Uh, you gotta, uh, <laughs> who's who's going to notice them if you don't? Uh, I'm sorry. I love a good pun. Yeah. But no. It and it really like like this is the way you do it with those. I think those first couple movies yeah. are very effective. Yeah. Right? It's I, the same with, uh, I think, Nightmare on Elm Street is in the same realm as that. Yes. Those first couple movies are just very effective. Yeah. They, they are taking this genre that was kind of sprawling and did all these like different things, and it picked and choosed the ones that were the best and melded them together and showed like... This is how you do this. Right. Also, look at that. That I don't know that face, that hand on his face there. I don't even know what was happening. That's acting, though. Yes. Like his eyes bugging out of his head. I've never seen anyone look so startled yet angry at the same time. That was impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Squid Game episode one, about twenty minutes thirty eight seconds. Dude has his hand on his face. I don't know what emotion he's trying to. I don't even know what weird game they're playing. Now they're just throwing paper at the ground. Yes. This and he just slapped. This show was insane. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I like that. I like I like Friday the Thirteenth. I think that's a good example of something that's yeah. iconic. Um, when I think of iconic horror, though, I go in a slightly different direction. Okay. Alien. Okay. Alien. Yes. Aliens. Yep. Uh, so that like trapped. Um, in a small mm-hmm. space with a monster that you know, uh, even though like it, it still is that kind of like unknown quantity. Right. Um, it's kind of that hidden in the shadows, right? I think you can. I think you can add the first predator. Mm-hmm. I would. And I would actually say for me, like Predator, like that first Predator movie. Yeah. Is better than yeah. And, but that's. I think that's also my love of action movies and right. Jesse the Body Ventura. Uh, it's funny watching him get murdered. Yep. Uh, that's, not that I want Jesse the Body of the Ventura to not get murdered. Not actually. I just think he gets murdered in a very humorous way just, in that movie. Just saying, Jesse the Body Ventura, if the purge is ever real, <laughs> we're not coming to murder you. Don't worry. You have nothing to worry about from us. Not that he would worry, because he definitely... I think he might have something to worry for about Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon tries okay. to act like he's not angry. Yeah. Vincent Kennedy McMahon is a very... It's seething rage. Yes. Every time I look at him, he just looks like the angriest man on the planet. He does. But no, to go back to... I think that Alien is just kind of that textbook monster in a hole kind of movie, right? You're You're trapped with this thing that you can't get away from. You're ridiculously underpowered... Uh, yeah. And I really, and I, and I like that one because it subverted kind of the ideas in a lot of ways, you know, um, the female hero, right? They kind of yeah. did that with Halloween too, mm-hmm. with Laurie Strode, look, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis, I think her right. character's name was Laurie Strode, yep. being like the, 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 the prevailing hero. Yeah. I mean, but Ripley is just, she's an iconic character. The alien, like the design of the alien is yes. so creepy, like the chest bursters, everything that has come from Alien has been very, I don't know, unique and mm-hmm. special. And, I mean, we're talking longevity. Yeah. Like, 
whatever you think of those prequels that that Ridley Scott came back out in it. Yeah. Like I'll be honest, I liked Prometheus. I did not like Alien Covenant. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't think Alien Covenant is a good movie. No. Uh, it, yeah. It, it definitely. But Alien, Aliens. Yeah. Those are, in my opinion, two of the best horror movies. Yeah. Like of all time. Yeah, and they they definitely. You know, when you talk about, like, story, they definitely grip you, and they, they there's definitely a, a sense of world-building in those movies. Yeah. You know, like you talked about, the design of the character, and, like, the sets and everything. It's definitely a movie that, uh, and, like, a franchise that they kind of put thought into. Oftentimes, horror movies can be very... Not lazy necessarily, but just very stock. You know, oh, we've got a scary, you know, we've got a spooky house. It's full of ghosts. Like, (laughs) okay, cool, great. Oh, we've got a a werewolf who's running through a small town. Like, okay, whatever, you know. There do need to be, I'm just going to point this out. You bring up, there need to be more werewolf movies. True. I'm just saying, they, they, they went hard on vampires for a while. Zombies now are still, like, the thing. Yeah. Uh, but I think, like, werewolves, to me, we're talking about, like, old-school scary monsters. Mm-hmm. the creepiest ones, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like it because, like, when you're thinking about a werewolf, there's a lot more, like, pathos that goes along with it. Right. Because it's, like, I re- like the Harry Potter werewolf. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Lupin, right? He didn't want to be it. He was trying yeah. to hide it. He was trying to control it. But he just couldn't control it. And then right. he tried to eat Hermione's face. Yep. I mean, luckily he didn't, Hermione Granger. Yes. Spoilers, Hermione Granger yeah. didn't get her face eaten off. Spoilers for that very, that, that was very a, recent yeah. movie that, <laughs> that that nobody really saw. It was pretty obscure. No, I don't know if you guys have heard of this yeah. Harry Potter thing. Yeah, it's, it's not that big. I mean, hopefully no. people will pick up on it. It'll be a good thing. Yeah, uh, maybe, it'll, maybe it'll become a cult hit Gryffindor in a few forever. years. Yeah. Uh, okay, so good. So, you know, that's... The, so, I think those are two that we definitely have to have. I... If we're being out the three, I think we can count Nightmare on Elm Street because yeah. I think Nightmare on Elm Street and uh, Friday the Thirteenth they are not the same thing, but they are at the same level in terms of iconography, yeah. in terms of cultural impact, mm-hmm. um, in terms of story because they do have a very similar. Tradition. Well, I don't think that Freddy did go to space. He did a lot of weird. He stuff. went to. He went to like. The big city, like you had, like a, the urban Freddy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and 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 I'll be honest, like that, like think back to like two thousand two or two thousand three when the movie came out. Was there anything more exciting than the idea of Freddy versus Jason? Right, schlocky as that movie yes. turned out, did it not seem like an awesome idea? It did, right? Like I went to the theaters to see it. Yeah. Uh, I then left the theater because, like, I was in like the loudest theater ever, and I mm. couldn't hear it uh, yeah. because no one would stop screaming and screaming. <laughs> and I'm like, they're like, "Turn around! He's gonna get you! Of course he's gonna get you! It's yeah. Freddy! Like, let him get, shut let him, up! You you like that? You want that that woman who's not Beyonce from Destiny's Child not to die? Come on! Okay, so uh, Kelly Rowland, right? Yes. Yeah. 
I do. Can can we just like? Would she be considered discount Beyonce? Is that? Uh, I don't like. I'm not. I'm not trying to like. I don't know at this point. Like yeah. I always. I'll be honest. I always felt that Kelly Rowland better singer. Mm. But like that that like it factor that like joie de vivre kind of yeah. thing. Like like Beyonce is just made of that. Yes. That yeah. is that is her entire being. Yeah, Kelly Rowland definitely. She she gets like most of the way there, but Beyonce is like beyond. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like maybe ninety nine cent store Beyonce. <laughs> kinda, yeah, <laughs> kinda. Okay, but, but so back to horror movies though. Uh, and I think I think so. Freddie Ber- or Freddie and Jason. Yes, uh, their respective franchises. Alien. I'm yes. not going to put... I don't think we put Predator there because I think in terms of longevity... Right. They've got one great movie. Yes. A couple of mediocre movies and a couple of bad movies. Yes. Whereas Alien, two just amazing movies. Two right. great movies. Two yes. top tier movies. A couple of bad ones. And then a mediocre. Like Prometheus, yeah. I'm going to say is mediocre to good. Yeah, couple mediocre ones, couple that are. But I, you're better off skipping. But yeah, the first two are so. We don't good. even need to talk about Alien versus Predator. Like that's a thing, but we don't right. need to talk about that. Especially the second one, Alien versus Predator Requiem. Oh yeah, which they completely just ruined the whole like Predalien like yeah. concept, which was really cool, and they just like ruined it. it yes. It was stupid because there was an awful... Where did, well, I don't even want to talk about that all yeah. doesn't deserve our airspace that we're going to take up. Right. So, let me ask you this now. So, iconic horror movies. What is your personal favorite horror? So, if you... What is the horror movie that just gets you the most? That you are have become the most invested in? Well... I have to say, probably the horror movie that I've seen the most times, the one that I tend to, if somebody's like, let's throw on a horror movie and just, like, enjoy that for the evening. You know, it's it's Halloween or it's October or something. Um, let's just watch a horror movie. The one I've seen the most and the one that I feel like is a, a pretty recommendable movie is the original Saw. Like, I feel like that's a pretty good movie. Um, of course, the, the twist ending and all that stuff, uh, it, some people will know it if they haven't seen it before. Some people will go, oh, isn't that the one where, spoiler redacted here, um, some people will do that. But there are enough people who haven't really seen it, and they have heard things about it, and sometimes it's it's misconceptions, you know. The first... Saw movie, I I don't feel like is totally just gore all the time. The later movies definitely get into that more. Um, but the first one, there's enough of that kind of mystery and tension. Um, I remember the scene where the guy is just in his apartment and it's dark and like the power's been cut and he's a photographer. That's his job, and so all he has is a flash bulb. To keep, like, lighting it up to see what's going on. That scene is really tense. Yeah. And it doesn't end with him getting decapitated or disemboweled or anything crazy happening. He gets a, 
needle in the neck and he gets kidnapped and taken to the the saw basement but like it's really tense even though you sort of know where it's going and and it's very simple i think uh james wan who's gone on to do a whole bunch of other stuff um Mm -hmm. he really does a good job of keeping things simple and like using the classic horror tropes and and you know some of the, the the classic elements of horror movies um but in a really effective way yeah and so even when he's gotten bigger budgets and gotten more involved plots and things to go with he's been able to keep it simple and effective and and i think the first saw movie like the franchise goes a little overboard at a certain point and yeah like so i so i remember the saw uh, and I, so, again, we talked about it before, it was the gore element of Saw that, uh, just, it, it just turned me off. I didn't. Right. Um, not that horror movies are realistic. Also, this is, like, I don't even know what's happening with the gold and the yellow and the weird slot machines here, and the weird, like, Power Ranger gimmick. That's, <laughs> what's happening here is crazy. Yeah. It's like horror Power Rangers. Also, uh, uh, we're talking about movie pictures. A horror-themed Power Rangers movie, I'm Ooh. all in on that. Too. Yeah, that would be... Uh, Hollywood, get on that. <laughs> okay, but Saw, I remember seeing the value in the first one, right? Yeah. Like, Carrie Elway's at the end, like, sawing his own leg off. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, what right. are you doing? Oh, right. he's really doing it. Right. Ah! I mean, it's it's tense. It's visceral, right? Right. But you go on there, they just had to, they got into this Saw in particular, and it's why I don't think that Saw could be considered one of the top horror franchises. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Because they got into this realm where they had to continually top what yes. they did the last time. Mm-hmm. And eventually, they le- they started to lean more into spectacle. Yeah. And the story of the movies fell away. Right. Yeah, it um, definitely... The first Saw movie, if we were judging it just on its own... I feel like it is a really good blend of those four elements that we mm-hmm. talked about, and the story is one of the stronger yes, elements. Yes, I would agree with that. There. By the time you get to the third one, and they're just like, hey, there's a guy chained to the floor, and we're going to dump, like, we're going to take rancid pig carcasses and grind them up until yeah. this guy drowns in rancid pig carcass. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. This is gore and spectacle and just grossness. And where's, it's, what's it's, the it's, story? Yeah, and that's exactly right. So, these these kind of like insane, violent, graphic moments can happen. And they should happen within the genre. But they need to come at the behest of a story. Right. Right? If It needs to be story-driven. Not there because of... Some producer thinks it's going to look cool, right. and he wants to find. He wants to see it done, not because uh, the director. No, if there is not a logical reason and thought out reason to do it within the movie, right. within the script, then it shouldn't be happening. It doesn't need to. Be that's happening. just yeah. That's just writing one on one. Yeah. Whether you're writing a movie or writing a story, whether you're booking a professional wrestling match, whether you're making a play. Right. If the story doesn't dictate something happening, don't do it. Because yeah. then you're only doing it for the spectacle, and spectacle is only going to be cool for so long. Right. 
Yeah, and there's definitely... Later movies in that franchise tend to be... You can really see... It, it becomes much more transparent, mm -hmm. where you can really see the thought process behind that was, this would look gross, and, like, this would be a really, you know, like, fans of this franchise are really going to yeah. love this visual or this setup or, you know, the payoff of this, and it's not really... There's, there isn't enough thought put into how do we get our characters organically into this. It's just, let's give them this crazy setup and, you know, it'll overwhelm their brains. You know, the audience will just be so overwhelmed by the spectacle of it that they won't think too much about, like, what it would take to actually get this to happen or, you know, get this set up or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, Saw, the first Saw... I feel like the second one is still pretty good. It's not quite as good as the first one, but it's still acceptable. And then beyond that, you know, and eh, you you yeah. take you take your own risks. You decide huh. if you think well, I mean, you know, I did, I did, any I beyond that are worth watching. There's that new one, like Spiral, right? Yep. That has like Chris Rock. Yes. Uh, that looks interesting. Also, what is with the PlayStation symbols on their faces? <laughs> like the that's I'm not I'm there's a PlayStation controller right here. Like right, that's what those are on their faces, right? Apparently, this is okay. uh, this is this. We didn't know when we started watching this. <laughs> no idea. This uh, that this totally threw me off. This this show is apparently sponsored by uh, Microsoft because they're Sony? gonna Sony. No, it's sponsored oh. by Microsoft because the the bad guys, the like scary <laughs> evil villains, all yeah. have Sony logos on their face, and so they want you to associate those Sony the squares and the circles and all that. They want you to associate that with yeah. murder and death and bad oh, things. Microsoft, we see you. We see what you're we doing. We see you. You're not respect sneaky. though. That's a, that's a sly move. Yeah. Alright, so, same so that, question, I'll answer the same question, yeah. alright? So you chose Saw, yeah. I'm gonna actually, I go a completely different way, it's The Conjuring. Okay. The Conjuring, and so The Conjuring is really, that's a much more modern horror sure. film, right? It's yep. not as long, I think the first Conjuring movie came out like 2013, somewhere, give Sounds or take, something right. like that. Uh, but I remember... Like at that time, I was I was very reticent because up to that point, you had Slither, you had uh, you had like Freddy, Jason, uh, Hostel. Yeah, you had it was all just it was gore for the sake of gore. It was that very like washed out, like gray, like somebody being tortured and yeah. you know. It in, just, in just it, unpleasant it didn't ways appeal kind of thing. to me. Yeah. It's nothing I wanted to watch. But what I'm really taken by is suspenseful stories, things that sneak up on you, yeah. things that get you. And the conjuring had this really unique blend, especially the first the first two. The yeah. first one is still by far the best mm -hmm. that's come out. But that second movie too, a couple of the Annabelle movies are really good at this too. Mm -hmm. But they blend um, these kind of like real life stories that are larger than life with real care, like real people. Yep. So they're doing the kind of like based on a real story kind of right. thing. Um, and it provides these kind of like jump scares, 
but in kind of like a new and different way. But it's not really a new and different way. Right. It, it, it kind of goes like the way that the scares and the these are brought up are kind of like it kind of harkens back to like Hitchcock and those kind of like old yeah. school uh, horror movies mm-hmm. where it's not so in your face. It's it's subtle. It's right. a slow burn. And The Conjuring to me, uh, like you go back to 2013, I. That wasn't just like the best horror movie of the year. That was arguably one of the best movies of that year. Mm-hmm. The Conjuring, uh, Vera Farmiga, and if I think that's how you say her name right, yeah. uh, and Patrick Wilson, yep. pitch perfect in their roles. They are right. fantastic. Uh, the dude from Office Space is in that movie. Mm-hmm. Where he's, like, I don't know, all of a sudden, like, I haven't seen that dude right. in years, and all of a sudden he's in a horror movie, right. playing this, like, just beaten, the world's just beaten down this guy all his life. He has to take jobs for half the money that he would notice. Mm-hmm. But also, I was like, I'm just, he's, I assume he's just looking for a red stapler. Yes. I don't know. Right. Uh, but, those, that movie is so suspenseful. It's, and it's so well at building the story in the movie and yeah. making everything, even all these unexplained things, making it make sense, making it seem like perhaps this could really happen. Maybe this is true. Now, like I will, I think for me, I think there is an argument that The Conjuring, even though it's so new and it doesn't have that kind of longevity, right? Since 2013, there is so much content that's been put out. In the Conjuring universe, and it's been more good than bad. Yeah, I think there is kind of an argument that it could be considered one of the top horror yeah. franchises. I think if we were doing this list again, or if we were trying to like revisit this idea in you know five years, ten years, absolutely. And I, I think to your point, the idea of um, the Conjuring as this kind of throwback to classic. Suspense, like horror classic films. horror tropes, right? Yeah, um, because I think the it, the focus wasn't on horror, right? The focus was a, like a, arguably like a family love story, right? Right, like the mom trying to do the best, but being like succumbing to these darker, baser instincts that yep. weren't really her fault, and her fighting through and 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 casting off the dark shadow that had latched onto her, right? Mm-hmm. So right. the focus isn't on the horror. The horror is all there. Building the story up and making it all that much more interesting. Yep. Yeah, and I think when you when you look at uh, the Conjuring, another thing about it is it has that kind of timelessness to it. Yeah. Like there are a lot of Saw. Let's be real, right? It's very much of a time period. Yeah, that's a product. You think of like like uh, you know even Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? Why have so many Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequels and prequels and all that stuff failed when the original was so good because it's just kind of a product of its time. Yeah. You know, it doesn't it doesn't scare us in the same way anymore. It doesn't it build with the it, culture, it doesn't really change with the times. Right. It is what it is and it can only be what it is. Yeah, and so The Conjuring, I think, is one of those that we'll be able to look at in five years and ten years and still be able to relate to it and still find it suspenseful and scary because it isn't 
tied to a particular moment in time. Yeah. And there isn't so much of that kind of... Like, the filming techniques and things, I don't think are really... You don't point to that and say, oh, that's definitely, you know, early 2010s. You don't point to it and say, oh, that's, you know, from the... You know, in the in the case of the Saw uh, movies, you know, that, oh, that's very early 2000s, or yeah. uh, Texas Chainsaw, oh, that's that's 70s horror, you know. Like, you don't necessarily look at it as a product of a specific era, and I think that speaks to kind of the filmmaking of it, um, that it, it, it was made well in a unique kind of timeless style that I think it'll hold up better probably over time than yeah. other very specific, uh, to that to their time period movies. Yeah. So yeah, so I I think I, I think you're right. I think given the benefit of time, I just think there hasn't been enough time right. for it to be considered one of the best. But I definitely think like to, for my mind, I think there is an argument to say that it is the best. But I don't think from an objective perspective that you can really say that given it's only been around for eight years. Yeah. And there has been some absolute garbage right. that was put out. Uh, some of the, like, side films. Like, I don't know really... if you saw the last Conjuring movie, like, the, the Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. I haven't seen that one yet. It's not good. Okay. And it, like, I had such high expectations for seeing it, and just, like, there, it was nonsense. Like, mm. it, like the things in the story, they happened because the story needed to happen, mm-hmm. not because the story had built to it happen. Right. Yeah. And I know uh, that, that, that sounds like it's splitting hairs, but it's actually a very different kind of thing. Right. Stories, again, regardless of the median, they build to events happening. Right. That's the way they function. Mm-hmm. And um, The Conjuring the Devil Made Me Do It... Kind of happened like in media rest, so it kind of happened like in the med- in the middle of everything, right? Right, and then there it just everything happened in in that movie based off of an illogical reason or choice at the very beginning that had no reason that went against everything that had been built up around like mm-hmm. uh, what you do and what you don't do in terms of like evil spirits, and it was just stupid. And yeah, because the it was such a dumb choice at the beginning of the movie by a specific character. I'm not going to go into it. Go watch it, and you will. I guarantee you'll realize what the dumb choice is and, it, and how the choice makes no sense. Yeah, uh, it just it led to a very anticlimactic movie and a very by the numbers kind of plot, which is very different because the first two Conjuring movies were so good at kind of re. Not reinventing, but reintroducing kind of these old, fun horror tropes that the world had kind of forgot about uh, in the midst of all the blood and the guts that had become so prevalent in Mm -hmm. the horror genre. Okay, so we've talked about what we think the most iconic ones are. Yep. Uh, We've talked about what our personal favorites are. Yes. I think we need to get... I think it's brass tacks time. Yeah. I think we kind of need to decide on what a top three... Okay. R. So, I think, I think, it, for all intents and purposes, I think Freddy, I think Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. I think, I think we have to choose one. Friday yeah. the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, or 
Halloween. Okay. Because they are the same. For yeah. Like, for like, they, 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 they are the same basic premise of an unstoppable force. Right. Moving forward and ushering you into oblivion. Yeah. Right? Yep. That they, they, you can't stop it. Mm-hmm. Um, and while you brought up Freddy, or while you brought up uh, Friday the 13th, Right. I honestly think that Halloween is the more... It's the more interesting one. Yeah. By and large. Uh, because Michael Myers has a little bit more backstory. Um, mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis is just fantastic. Yeah. Um, and they're still making these movies. And they've been able to kind of revamp it multiple times, right? Right. Uh, yep. I, I even remember when I was a kid, Halloween H2O... Which was that just awful movie. But I remember being like stupid excited for that movie. Yeah. Uh, I remember like the one where Busta Rhymes, for some reason, (laughs) jump kicks uh, Michael Myers out a window. Like, I still don't understand why Busta... I think it was the power of his dreadlocks. Uh, I I mean, it's very possible. Yes. That's how he was able to defeat Michael Myers. But even from the 80s through like 2006, whenever that Busta... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. He was a, it was like a cultural phenomenon. Every time a Halloween movie came out, and did 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 Nightmare on Elm Street movies at that later stage have that same effect? Yeah. Did I, Jason X have yeah. the same effect that Halloween H two O had? Yeah. The the issue that uh, Friday the 13th... even though they're equally bad, right? We're yeah, I think the the issue that Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street have is that they have a couple of really strong movies and then they just, you know, there is a definite point in both of those franchises where you can just stop. And you're not missing anything really good. <laughs> like you're you're not really going to regret not sticking with it and oh, maybe it'll come back around again. No, it it kind of doesn't. You know, as much as Friday the 13th scared me as a kid, as much as Nightmare on Elm Street, the there was a scene in, I think, the first Nightmare on Elm Street where Freddy, like, drags a chick up the wall mm-hmm. and onto the ceiling and, like, kills her. I remember, like, that sticks in my brain. When I think about horror movies I watched as a kid, mm-hmm. that scene is just indelibly etched onto my brain, but after the first couple of movies, it does just kind of go downhill from there, Mm -hmm. and I don't know that there's ever really a point where it picks back up again, where, to your point, Halloween has had some low lows. There's some bad movies tried to And they've tried to revamp it, both Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th, they tried to reboot it, and neither one took. Yeah, each time they, it, they were just they were just but Halloween has been rebooted, revamped, whatever you want to call it, twice now. Yes, Rob Zombie did it first with his pair of movies that are they're Rob Zombie movies to a T. Yes, so you're either going to like it or you're not. Yeah, but they were successful for what they were. Yeah, and now you have and you have the more you have the recent the ones recent with ones, yeah. uh, Halloween and Hall- or uh, Halloween Kills I think yeah. is the new one that's the new one is um, Halloween Kills 
And there, that first one was wildly successful, and I think the second one is generating the same kind of quality buzz that that first one made. Right. So I think, I think for these reasons, I think that cultural buzz that Halloween was able to have and sustain yeah. to a greater extent than stuff like Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Hellraiser, I think you can put in there yep. as well. They, their, their second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever, wherever right. you want to put them, but I think they fall behind Hall- or Halloween and John Carpenter. I think that would yeah. be, if we're going slasher, force of nature horror picks, I think that's the one to go. Yep, I agree. And I would say, I, I'm 100% on board with Halloween, and I would say I'm 100% on board with Alien. Alien? Okay. Being another of our top three, for sure. Because, and that's, I think, and that one goes the other direction with, like, the monster. Right? Yes. Alien is kind of that quintessential, I think, uh, I think if we were doing just individual films, right? Yeah. I think we would say Jaws. Sure. Uh, yeah. Because Jaws is that, is that, uh, you know, really that classic trope where you don't see the monster, but it's that hidden malice, that yep. secret intent uh, that you know is there, that you can't get away from. Yep. Also, I have no... Are they, is this like Simon Says? Or they're, what? they're playing Red Light, Green Light. Red Light, Green Light. So every right? time the big robot lady turns around, anybody who's moving, her eyes oh, are like motion detectors. Yeah, and so That's they get crazy. Shot. I gotta tell you, this Squid Game is insane. Yeah. And I have thoroughly enjoyed watching it in the background. Oh! Yep. That was... Whoa! People are getting All right, shot. Man, I'm just telling you right now. Uh, Squid Game, episode one, 52 minutes and 50 seconds or so. Watch the most deadly game of red light, green light ever. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but Alien. Yeah. Kind of like quintessential uh, monster in the dark movie. Yes. Um, and it gave us like that iconic Ripley character, right? Mm-hmm. Sigourney Weaver was just, uh, Laurie Strode and Sigourney Weaver, very similar archetype for a character. Yeah. But I think, for my money, Ripley does like the, the female heroine not being just a damsel in distress. She does a little bit better. Yeah. Um, she's really, she's just, she's, she's BA, man. Yeah. You don't get better Laurie, than Ripley, if we're being honest. Here. Laurie Strode definitely... In the more recent ones, it seems like that's been a bigger emphasis. But Ripley from movie one is like, she's the classic, you know, like, oh, not even, not even a female. <laughs> yeah. Uh, keep going. Not even, not even for female characters. She's like the classic horror movie survivor. Yeah. That's, that's like, I, I think male or female, she's like the classic survivor of a horror movie. Um, alright, so we got one more spot. We got Halloween and we got Alien. What, what else should we include on this list? What other kind of sub-genres of horror do we not have represented? Okay, so, uh, I'm gonna go, like, for my money, and it's, it's kind of like, again, you don't want to, gore is something that we haven't. We haven't delved that much into it because by right. our, by our own discussion, neither one of us particularly like. Yeah. But I think that gore is 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 in in terms of like the trope for for horror is most effective 
and is the most interesting in Evil Dead and the Army of Darkness movies. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you just see that Stars show, like Ash versus the Evil yes. Dead? Yep. Like, it was incredibly interesting. Like, you watched Ash, like, go inside one <laughs> yeah. of the, the Deadites, uh-huh. right? Uh, he was inside. It was disgusting. If you haven't seen it, yeah, uh, you should go watch season two of Ash versus the Evil Dead. Yep. But I just think those those movies are irreverent. They're funny. They don't skimp on the gore, right. not one bit. Yeah. Uh, but the story is always really fun, and that gore is leading to something. It's not right. just there. I mean, it is there to be a spectacle. But it is just, it's helping build the the narrative of the movie. It's there for a point. And I don't think that there's a lot of, with those movies, it is what you see is what you get, but the quality is relatively the same. Yeah. Whereas with things like Saw, you start on a really high point and then it goes down right. into this valley that mm-hmm. never comes up. I right. don't think like Army of Darkness and the Evil Dead movies, I don't think they ever fell into that trap of, feeling the need to top themselves. Yeah. I think they just wanted to tell the next story. What is the next thing mm-hmm. that we are going to tell? Okay, now what weird, crazy, gory crap are we going <laughs> right. to throw at the wall right. and see what sticks? Yeah, and, and certainly... Sam Raimi just is, for my money, a lot of people point to John Carpenter as like the godfather, yeah. the gene. For my money, it's Sam Raimi. Yep. Sam Raimi is fantastic when it comes to that kind of, like, irreverent horror genre. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I love it. Yeah, and, and when we're talking franchises, this is one that doesn't have as many entries as the other, mm-hmm. but they're they're all quality. Yes. And, you know, to your point, this they, they lean more towards that gory side of things, um, but they still... It is still in service of a story that they want to tell, and it does feel like the movies that they made had a purpose for existing. Yeah. It I wasn't agree. just, oh, let's take Ash to space, or let's let's have yes. him, like, randomly on an underwater, like, <laughs> facility where, like, there's a sea monster. You know, right. Like, there isn't just... You know, they, they also don't make an Ash goes to hell movie. I don't want to. See yeah, that. we we don't really need that. No, um, but yeah, it seems like they were able to be a little bit more selective about what stories they made and when they. You know, you talk about the the time off mm-hmm. between the last movie and then Ash versus the Evil Dead, the TV series. Like they didn't have to make. Any, they could have left. It. Yeah, they, they could have left just, it be. But there was. Fan demand, right? To see where that went, to see where Bruce Campbell, what, what he was, what his character was going to be up to, where right. he was going to go, what he was going to do, and particularly the first season of that show, mm-hmm. I really liked the first season of that show. Yeah, the second season did fall a little bit, um, right? And I'll admit I haven't finished it yet, mm-hmm. um, but the first season was it just it really fell back on that Evil Dead, on that Army of Darkness, yeah. Uh, that stuff that I really like. That franchise has become an iconic cult classic. Yes. Um, and I, for my money, I would say that's a solid number three. Yeah, I agree. So Evil that. Dead definitely number three. 
Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think the other two are a little bit ahead in terms of, especially in terms of, uh, like, kind of longevity. Yeah. Uh, They're definitely a little bit above uh, Evil Dead, but Evil Dead has has been an iconic franchise, and, you know, people know it. You know, it it is something that... Uh, and there's more coming, and they've already there. said there's more. It's it's not gonna. It probably won't involve Bruce Campbell. He said he's done right with care. But I, there's like a game that was coming out. There's yep. Sam Raimi has talked about more shows and movies. So there's more stuff that's going to come yeah. in that franchise. Yeah, and it, it's a franchise that never really felt like it was being made by people who don't understand it. Yeah, or who are just trying to use like trying to shoehorn in a character into a scenario where they don't belong or yeah. something like that. It, it feels like it was made by people who get it and who want to deliver what the fans are looking for, which I think is, is important. Yeah. You know, it, it meets expectations. When you sit down to watch it, you know what you're getting. All right, so we'll, we'll just call it Evil Dead. Yep. So Evil Dead's number three. I think we can safely say that Alien is number two. I agree with that. Because I think especially as it goes on... Alien does become a little bit more of a sci-fi action. Yeah. For it kind of a band, especially in like three, four, and, and those, yeah. and the Prometheus. It definitely gets into more sci-fi ones. territory. And, uh, and because yeah. it moves away from those kind of like horror roots. Yeah. Uh, even though it doesn't abandon them, it just kind right. of like moves away and melds other things. Yep. Uh, I think that's, that's why we would put it at number two. Right. Whereas Halloween is just an iconic Horror franchise. Yeah, and has always been horror, and it is horror through and through. Um, yeah, and, you know, you talk about the first two Alien movies are great, and definitely, if we were just talking pure horror movies, Alien, the, the original Alien, would be very high on the list, <laughs> um, whereas the first Halloween maybe wouldn't be quite as high, in my opinion, just as a, as a standalone movie. Yeah. It wouldn't be quite as high, but the the average in quality of the best Halloween movies yeah. is high enough that I think it's, it's a little and bit higher. And that focus, and that horror. They yep. have never... They haven't tried to be more than what they are, except for that weird, like, Halloween witchy one. We're right. Gonna, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. One. That was... But, yeah. <laughs> that was something weird and different. But... It's, they are horror movies for people who like horror. It kind of brings in, there's, there's elements of slasher. There's, there's the gore that some people want. There is a look, there's an element of suspense. It does come, like, I think you can, it brings a lot of these different things in together and it does it in often such a very pleasing way. And I think more than any other horror franchise, it's been able to be, to, to get reinvented Yes, and in a legitimate key. way for new audiences as the years go by. Yep, absolutely. All right, so that's it. Evil Dead is number three. Uh, Alien, number two. Right. And Halloween, the ultimate horror franchise that's right. for your viewing pleasure this October. All right. Now, before we before we say goodbye, one more thing. Okay. In your opinion, you just no no, no explanation. Okay. Schlockiest worst horror franchise. Ooh, worst horror franchise. I'm I'm gonna go with Hostel. <laughs> Hostel, okay. Go. Mine is Leprechaun. 
Uh, Leprechaun's crazy, man. Yeah. Leprechaun in the hood! Yes. They made Leprechaun in the hood, man. Yep. I believe Ice-T was in it. I liked <laughs> it. We should watch that. All right, but hey, uh, for myself, Awesome, and TJ, let me thank you all for joining us with this inaugural episode of the Film Ironic Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, at Film Ironic. Check us out at FilmIronic.com for your movie, podcast, pop culture needs. And, TJ, thank the folks. Tell them good night. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Have a good night, folks. We'll see you next time.